And again and again, I heard people say, I don't see anything wrong with what these people are doing. They came to defraud the country. I don't see anything wrong, wrong with what the boys are doing. They felt the boys were fighting for justice. I remember somebody said those days, the days of 419, when it first began. You know, all advanced fee fraud was against white men. But now, you would know most fraud is against Nigerians. I said, no, the people want to defraud your country, eh? it's, it's good for them, it's good for them. Never make excuses for bad things. Kidnapping a man is bad. If Nigerians had all unanimously said no that time, maybe we won't have what we are going through now. But, you know, unconsciously we said, let them pay the money, Joe, let them pay the money, they have the money. Of course, the white man, this is not his country. So he left. And the boys, they had tasted blood. They had tasted free money. Catch a man, hold him for two weeks. Get 10 million naira. Ah. They look, say, it's only the white man that has money. No. This... <laughs> That's it. That's it. Nigerians also have money. They started picking Nigerians. It got to a time. In Benin, they used to kidnap people for a recharge card. I'm not joking. The girl is hawking. They carry a locker somewhere. Tell your father to sign a recharge card. They were kidnapped for 2,000 naira. They're just going on the road, going to school. Hey, you. What's your name? Hey, my name is John. Stay here. Tell your father you are missing. <laughs> What's your father's phone number? You recite it for him. Say, stay here. We have John. What am I supposed to do? 2,000. They're on the both boys. John leaves. The boy kidnapping John leaves downstairs. His father doesn't know. Why? Because we tolerated it. Now, they don't see white man to catch again. All the white men, they've, 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 got, they've collected sense. They've disappeared. Just by the way, those regions suffered for it. Companies were relocating their headquarters to Lagos. And for those of you who don't realize it, that means their taxes will be paid to Lagos State government. People don't realize some of these little things. Some of the things that Doshibaji was having to deal with recently to persuade them to return their headquarters to Niger Delta. Because, look, that is just fair. That's where you are making money from. The guy said, no, we had to move our headquarters to Lagos because our men were being kidnapped. Look, they make it clear, stay in Lagos. And regularly they fly you in helicopter three hours on the sea to go to work. After you work for some time, they return you by helicopter flying two, three hours on the sea. Probably would have been a boat ride if you were from another part of the country. No, they fly you by helicopter, drop you on the rig. So when it's time to pay taxes, everybody opens his hands, and Lagos becomes the richer part of Nigeria still. So this is how they keep getting richer. So now it's a real problem now. The government in those areas can't collect taxes from those companies anymore. That's why we have to be very careful what we tolerate. Once something is bad, once it, once it is bad, you reject it. On principle. That's based on principle, you make sure you never agree with it. Let's go on. So now, we're looking at the things that the Lord said is good. So in the Church of Smyrna, we said so earlier, we read it, we don't read it again. Okay, let's just read. Is that in verse 9? He said, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy by those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison and all of that. So that you will be tested. And you have, this is how it will come. It will be tribulation for ten days. That's how the testing will be. The testing is approved by the Lord. Don't forget that. How do I know? The devil doesn't want to test you. He wants to destroy you. Yeah. So when it's a matter of testing, it's the Lord. 
But the point I'm, we, we saw earlier, let's just emphasize it now. He said it to be for how many days? Ten days. Ten days. That is, the Lord had already determined the duration. Now, one thing I want to okay, he now said, be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. Now, listen to this. Let's say something about this church in Smyrna. This is a church that didn't have anything against, yet they were not a rich church. Did you hear what I said? Read through it. It just the only thing it did was to tell them of what was going to come and to encourage them to be what? Faithful. But it began by saying that I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. That is physically speaking, they were not a rich church. So physical wealth is not a sign of godliness. This was a church that he didn't have anything against. But he remarked to them, I know you of your poverty. He said, But really, the way I count riches, you are very rich. So the fact that the church has a lot of money is not a sign that God is with them. Because we are still going to get there. The church in Laodicea had plenty of it. And as far as it was concerned, they were a very poor church. Important principle for all to bear in mind. The church in Smyrna, listen to this. They, had, they, they were faithful in everything. The Lord didn't have anything to say they had, that he had against them. He just pointed out that they had tribulation and they had poverty. Physical poverty. That spiritually... As far as it was concerned, they were very rich people. Please bear those things in mind. Now, another thing I want to emphasize is that issue of 10 days. So you are going to have tribulation for 10 days. Now, what I want to bring out is the fact that every tribulation has what? An expiry date. You don't have a job now, he has an expiry date. Church is not growing, he has an expiry date. Ministry is not moving. He has an expiry date. There is nothing, there is no trouble that does not have an expiry date. Especially when the Lord looks and says, otherwise, you are okay. Now, why does the tribulation last? He said it's a period of what? Of testing. The truth is that God wants to check those who really, really are serious about their faith. And let me tell you something. This is how faith is supposed to be. Faith is supposed to be fatalistic. When I say fatalistic, is that no matter what trouble comes, I stay with it. And I stay with faith. If my name is Abraham and Isaac doesn't show up for 40 years, that's Isaac's problem, not mine. I will continue believing God and I will continue doing my daily duty. Now, listen to me. When you have that mindset, willing to walk with God for 100 years, whether Isaac shows up or not, are you getting my point? When Isaac shows up at the end of 25 years, it doesn't look like a long time because you were willing to stay there for 100 years. But this information we take from this letter to the church in Smyrna, the, the tribulation has what? An expiry date. It does. I want the Lord has been looked, we saw it again and again. He said, it's to him to do that does what? Overcomes. Look at what he said there in verse 11. He said, that him that overcomes. You see it? He that who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. We saw that word overcome again and again. Now, I want you to understand something because there's a, there's a tendency for Christians to always run from every adversity. As far as they are concerned, country is bad. So everybody is looking for where do we run to? Well, like I always tell people, say, look, it has an expiry date. It has an expiry date. The so-called country is bad has an expiry date. And the truth is this. It is in the furnace of affliction. That is when God chooses men. No. It's not in a party hall. It's when things are tough. That he decides who is who. If all of us left university, got a job immediately, and uh, of course everybody will worship the Lord, we will thank God. 
How can you tempt me to steal 10,000 naira when I have 100,000? That's not a temptation, unless I really have a serious spiritual problem. And temptations are called temptations because they are what? They are tempting. So when they want to tempt Christians to turn stones to bread, they have to be hungry first. Are you getting my point? Oh, no, no. It's when you're hungry that Satan will not come and say, turn these stones to bread. That's when they will say it. If you were full, you are eating, and you are full, he's not going to tell you to turn stones to bread. Why? You will, your brain will say, ah, Satan, how can you disobey God like that? Turn stones to bread. You, you don't even want to eat bread. So he waits till you are what? Hungry. That is when he tests people. Yeah, that's when people are tested. That's when they are tested. And that's why God told them, listen, this testing is for 10 days. At the end of 10 days, I know those who are faithful and those who are not. That's what he's saying. Testing for them is going to be 10 days. They will be in prison for 10 days. You will threaten their lives for 10 days. At the end of 10 days, you stop. Because I will not allow them to be tempted more than they are able to bear. So there's any tempt- testing or trial in your life, God has said, he has read the judgment that you're able to bear it. Yeah, that's what he said, you're able to bear it. The problem a lot of times is that people don't even understand what God is trying to help them, make them do. The man is broke every day, spring God. You bring money in the name of Jesus. Now go and listen to the pastor who tells you that if you sow a seed today, by tomorrow, and the Lord is looking and saying, you don't understand. I don't want you to have money. It's not about, I, I don't know what I get to my point. I don't want you to have the trial for your life right now is that you don't have. So what am I trying to do in your life? Well, all you have is 5,000. I want to see how you apportion 5,000. That's all. I want to see what you would do if, you, if money was lean. You know, a lot of people are very generous because they, are very, they have a lot. Yes. And look, listen, that's a matter of fact. The people are very generous because they have plenty. There's a level of generosity to that. There are two, there are two cycles. Well, there are a number of stages to it. Now, now, God has a place he's taking us to in which he wants us to superabound onto every good work. Are you getting my point? Yes, he wants us to get, get to that level. But he wrote that to the Corinthians, okay? And when he was writing to the Corinthians, he told them about the church in Macedonia. They're in the depth of poverty. They give generously. More than you would have thought they were able to do. And Paul spoke of that. There are times that God wants to check somebody and say, okay, this guy, are you really generous? Let's test you. So what does he do? He reduces the amount of money the fellow has to test his generosity. You are getting my point here? The guy can sow all the seeds he wants. God says, I'm not multiplying any seed. I'm not, I'm not giving you abundance tomorrow. Why? I have something I am doing. That's why sometimes people don't know how to handle tribulations. Because they think that the tribulation is a sign that their faith is not working or God is not faithful. But these people you saw, they lost everything about them was okay. They had many things in their favor. And that's why the Lord didn't bother saying it. They were not already saying nonsense. Jezebel couldn't come to their church too. Yet, they were not rich yet. They were going to have trials. You're getting my point here? They were going to have trials. So the Lord knows what he's doing. That's what I'm going to make. So the fact that a man has faith is not, it doesn't guarantee that somebody will become rich. No, it doesn't. So in their situation, God said, listen, you're going to have trial for 10 days. In those 10 days, he knows what he's testing in the lives of each person. There are those who say, ah, now so Christianity had. The gospel we preach a lot of times these days is to tell people that, listen, they say if you were poor, give your life to Christ, you'll become rich. That's not the gospel of Jesus. There are people that were rich, they gave their lives to Christ, they became poor. 
Yeah, no, Jesus does that. He's checking the sincerity of the faith of people. And that's what I'm going to explain. So in the time of tribulation, people sometimes don't understand what he's doing. So they are so focused on, oh, multiply money, multiply money. God said, listen, I don't want to multiply money right now. Because this is a time of testing how you will be when, when resources are slim. When money is small, how are you going to be? And for that reason, these guys had it for 10 days. Their own, their lives were at risk. God said it was 10 literal days, but we can apply different ways. For some people, we will tell them you are going to have financial tribulation for three years. Be faithful until what? The end. Let me tell you what faithfulness means. Faithfulness always has practical implications. There are times you are doing business, you know there are some people ordained by God to tempt you. What do I mean? <laughs> they cut all the corners and make money in the same business you are doing. And the only way for you to make money is to join them in cutting corners. I hope you're getting my point here. And when God says, be faithful, let's be like this for 10 days, what it means is that no matter how long this takes, don't join them. They will build houses while you are struggling to pay rent. Don't join them. They will send their children abroad for holidays while you are struggling to pay federal government college school fees. Don't join them. That's what they call be faithful to the end. Faithfulness is practical. It's practical. You will join politics, they will say, this is how we do it too. And you know what the Lord does? Before you get into whatever area we're dealing with here, he will have first taught you principles. Remember then I talked about um, uh, the different phases in life's adventures. Oh, the first phase is been a while now. The faith of the stage of sitting down and what? Counting. And you come out of that stage with what? Wisdom for your salvation. What is wisdom for your salvation? The righteous things you are supposed to do. And once you've come out with that wisdom for salvation, next thing is that you now go through what they call the trial of your faith. I'm a preacher, so I can use preachers as an example. You're starting a ministry. You are sitting down and counting. How is ministry going to be? I'm not going to beg anybody for money. I'm not going to beg anybody. I will not twist the word of God for money. That's the right thing to do. You learned that Ken Hagin said that when he wants money, he prays. You say, God, I'm going to pray when I need money. Because, okay, you have said all of these things. Yes. Good. The stage of sitting down and counting is over. Let's not kick in the ministry. Let's see money flow. Believe me. Then all the demons that tempt people. Satan is not here to steal your money. He's here to steal the wisdom for salvation. He's here to tell you, hey, okay, look, listen, this is how churches get money. So this church that they finish building. This is on the other day. How do, how do they do it? It is simple. You will get there are some pastors in order to raise money. You will get them, they will tell your people that God will bless them if they will do something dangerous. And then when they come, where you couldn't get ten thousand before, you will be surprised. Those guys will raise a million. And I say, I will not agree. It is okay. First month you won't agree, amen. Second month, you won't agree. Third month, you, get, you are getting broken by the day. Assuming you rented a place to do church. Rent is now due by December 31st. And November, you are still not agreeing. A friend of yours will now come. A man you trusted, you know. <laughs> like the other day, I was talking to one preacher. He said some of these men, you see them on television. A man you've been watching on TV. <laughs> Just say the truth there. Don't follow a man too closely until you know his... Ma- That's that scripture again. Until you know his what? Manner of life. So I'm going to give you lying testimonies. Those did not happen. 
I told you when I heard the once, I told my wife, I just pinched him. I said, that guy is lying. I said, I finished the testimony. I said, it's a lie. It didn't happen. I said, how do you know what you did? I said, I know the God is talking about. He doesn't behave like that. People do all kinds of things. Morning time. So one of those people just come to you and give you advice. Listen, this is for the glory of God. When you build the church, is it for yourself or for God? You two say it's for God. How you know you are backsliding? Things you did not believe in 18 months ago, you are doing it today. You have a serious problem. Especially when you began it under pressure. I'm talking about faithfulness. Faithfulness has what? Practical meaning. That's what I'm going to say. It's practical. As sometimes as a preacher, you say, go and meet the landlord. Say, sorry, we're supposed to pay you December, but we don't have money. We know you will drive us out, so we want to let you know we'll go by ourselves. People think that faith is, I claim it and I did not move. Sometimes faith is, I said, if I perish, let me perish. Oh, no, it's very important. You know, we, we look at faith only, I got, I got. Many times faith is, I, re, I, I refuse to disobey, even if I died in the process. Go and read, read that Hebrews chapter 11. It many, because of faith, they rejected deliverance, that they might get a better resurrection. Many people died by faith. I only wanted to die. Say, by faith, we will die tomorrow. Why? Because they are coming to say, deny Jesus. All of you guys listen, we will not deny him. Sometimes, because of that, some will die. And like I told this earth, forget this earth. It's a temporal place. What you call death is simply and literally transition. When they were stoning Stephen, he was seeing things. They were stone him. They were still dragging him. He looked up. He saw Jesus standing. Ah! See the Lord over there. What do I see? Everybody, look, look, look. He thought they could see it too. You don't get my point. When James, uh, when Stephen was saying, look, what do I see? Ah, what he was saying is, everybody, look, look. It was offending people who did not believe. They covered their ears and quickly killed him. He was dead before they started the stone. They don't know. When he's certain degrees of glory, he has sucked out of your body. That's a matter of fact. You're stoning a dead man. Stephen was already dead. That one you are saying is drama. His eyes were locked on something greater. What am I going to say? Sometimes people literally die by faith. Yes, they die by faith, and God calls it what good because many times we don't realize that He's testing something different. There are promotions you will not get by faith. Yeah, you, you were supposed to get it by faith. You said, I won't get it. Now, you didn't get up and say, I won't get this promotion. I won't get it. No. Finally, they say, oh boy, this promotion is yours. Everything is good. The thing that's required now is for you to just do this. and do. You just know these two things they say you should do. They are against the faith of God that you believe. I tell the man straight, I am not doing. It means you won't get it all. That's it. No, we keep on thinking that once you say like that, God will now come and give it to you. No. He doesn't always do that. Many Isaacs are dead. You know, I've been telling you. When God says, sacrifice Isaac, tell your wife, don't worry, I'll come back with Isaac. Don't forget. You get there. God says, kill him. Say, God, are you not going to say stop? No, I'm not saying stop. He <laughs> <laughs> ah. said, what would I tell my wife when I get him? Did you not agree to come in? No, I'm serious. Sometimes you obey God like that, forget it. That's the end of it. But believe me. See? The Bible says that they rejected deliverance, that they might get what? A better resurrection. There are people, look, what God is doing is that he's qualifying you for what he wants to use you for later in life. That's what he's doing. 
So he told the judge in Smyrna, be faithful until what? Until the end. The tribulation, like I was saying earlier, was not because God was angry with them. It was because the Lord was going to lift them from one level to another level. I hope you're getting my point here. What the Lord has right now, that's my opinion, as a problem, is men he can trust. When I say men, of course, women also. Believe me, it got to a time everybody left Paul alone. Paul was not left alone. Demas had departed. Why did Demas depart? He fell in love with the present world. Let me, you know, please pardon me when a lot of my examples are about preachers. Okay, because that's where, I mean, that's where I focus more. That's what I do. So I've read more in that area. I've observed things. See, everything in life has temptations. I'm ready to say, everything in life has temptations. This is what I mean. The example I always give is this. See, I'm a preacher, right? Many of you arrived here in the rain. What was I today? Many people got here dripping wet. Why did they? Why did they come? They came to listen. Let me put it like this: They came to listen to me talk. They were fairly certain I will be the one preaching today. So they came in the rain. You know what that means? Now, please understand this: It means I have a strong influence in their lives. That's it. And power is always very, very tempting. And that's what we, a lot of preachers, who make as a mistake. When we need money, we think, okay, how much do we need? Um, okay, 2.5 million. All right, Sunday. We just think about, you know, it gets to a point, you don't even think about it anymore. Okay, Sunday. That's okay, Monte, please preach a very good message. So that the offering will be what? Will be good. So we cannot use it to go and preach the gospel somewhere else. Listen, we reason about it like that. After it's for the gospel. But the truth is this. You have turned your stones to bread. That's what you have done. You have abused your power. You have not preached the word of God because it is the word of God. You have not preached it with purity. You have preached it with another thing in mind beyond the simple truth that is in that word. It's a temptation. Like I said, I'm using preachers because I'm one. As a preacher, you have political power. Oh, you have political power. You have to be careful. I told you, we're here. When uh, was the NTA that showed up? I don't even know who gave them my number. That should please help beg Enugu people to go and collect their voters' card. I agreed to do that because it wasn't my preaching time. You understand? They just asked simply, please, can you do that for us? I said, no problem. And they came here with their camera. Hello, everybody. I'm Pastor Banky. I have collected my voter's card. What are you waiting for? No. <clears throat> That's all they wanted. They wanted that the citizens were not doing what they are supposed to. That voter's cards were lying all over the place. People didn't collect. So they were going around saying, who ca-? So they came to me too. We know there are people who listen to you. Beg these your people to go and collect their voter's card. That's how they, no, they go around churches. Please beg your people. Now, that one I didn't see anything wrong with it, so I obliged them. You understand? Uh-huh. I didn't use the word of God to twist, and I just said, please, guys, guys, well, I've been requested to do this, and I think it's a good thing. It's being a good citizen. Like now, you see in Lagos, those the fashion will come to beg the Jew. Please help us tell your people to pay taxes. And which is very scriptural. The man said, it's in the Bible. Pay your tax. Preachers can be powerful. 
They, after a while, we now start using that power to choose political candidates. So candidates will not need to see you. That is why, you know, and the preacher sometimes, you, you, and if the candidate you supported, even though you lied to him, but he thought you supported him, that you were praying for, he now wins. You know, people fear God. You know Nigerians? Especially when you're a sinner. The more sin they commit, the more the fear of God. And they say, Bishop is around. The governor will stop everything. Man of God coming. Now, what am I going to say? Now, God actually needs those things for certain things. Because to talk to David and rebuke him, you have to be a prophet. Ah, David killed Uriah. He took Bathsheba. Who won't talk? It had to be Nathan is around. Oh, Prophet Nathan, how are you doing, sir? You're welcome. Please sit over here. Oh, my Lord the King, how are you? Please sit down. I have a problem I need to talk to you about. Uh, what is the problem? There was one young man. I mean, I don't know, because they have money these days. He had a lot of flock, and somebody came around to visit him, and he killed the only goat one his, his neighbor had. David said, yeah, ah, in this kingdom, I'm going to kill somebody. That guy is a son of death. I'm going to... Nathan said... My king, sit down before you hurt yourself. Listen. <laughs> Listen to me. You needed to be Nathan to say it. That's what I'm talking about. You need to be Nathan to say that. How many people can walk into the palace of David and open their mouth and be talking? You know many Nathans are needed in Nigeria today. That's where I'm going. They are Nathans. But God said, you know the problem I've had, Banky? Say, my people, you know the problem I've had? When I'm raising Nathan up, small political power, he starts collecting contracts. That's what I'm talking about. That's why they need to be tested for 10 days. I'm trying to raise him to be nothing. So that next time the David in Asurok does something that's out of order, I will tell him, go and visit. And when he gets to the gate, they will tell, okay, please tell, um, tell His Excellency that Nathan is around. And Excellency will jump out of Federal Assembly Council meeting and come and welcome Nathan. But when he knows Nathan is coming for a favor, he will tell, tell Nathan I'm busy, he should wait. You know, I go to government houses, you see men of God waiting, you know, sitting in reception, waiting, all of them in the queue. And when the governor comes out, they all rise. <laughs> Your Excellency, you know, in this state, we're privileged to have you, you know, without you, you know, we're privileged. And then he stands like, he gives everybody a fat envelope. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. So no prophetic word to go in there and talk. So when God wants to raise people up, some, listen to me first, he makes them hungry. He makes that prophet believing God hungry. Now while he's hungry, he tests him with, turn your stone to what? To bread. Why is he doing that? He can't multiply money for him. He said, let's toughen him up. Let's be able to brag that this is the man we are going to send. And that one will look and say, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. He said, good man, send him to the president. But that one gets there. The president's money influence would not mean anything to him. He will walk into the house of a very rich, influential man who can easily dash him ten million naira for visiting. You know because you know Ahab. You know what I said about uh, Makaya? He said never said anything good about me. So I hope you know Makaya didn't have money. All the other ones, is this Zachariah or Zephaniah, the other guy? Those guys were influential. They had chariots moving them. They are the prophetic. No company around the king. But God said, go and tell that man. You walk into his house. How are you, sir? God bless you. Thus says the Lord. 
because you have dealt treacherously with the wife of your youth, I am cutting you down from where you are right now. In six months' time, you will not be where you are again. Please eat, sir. I am not hungry. He turns around, he leaves. A whole household of the richest men in the country will be trembling. Why? You know, you know when someone used to come do this? People used to go, ah, someone is coming. He's visiting you. What did people do? <laughs> <laughs> they used to wonder. You know, the question was, have you come in peace? They, they heard that someone's arrived. Ah, good afternoon, sir. Okay. Start checking. What did I do? I said, no, last time I visited that sister, I didn't touch her. Did <laughs> no, no. Yeah, thank you. Ah, last time we did it. I gave them their money complete now. Okay, Muti, did you pay those people? Why? Somebody just passing. He never talked anything. <laughs> Someone has not said anything. You know, just by the way. I want to study the life of Samuel. Samuel was very close to God. If you broke the Lord's heart, he told Samuel, who called Samuel, I'm feeling bad. I feel bad today that I made Saul king. And the Lord will retreat back to heaven. And Samuel will not sleep. He used to feel God's feeling. Yeah. And that's why there was never anything he said that fell to the ground. Never. There was never, that's why people were afraid. And I'm saying God wants to raise Samuels and Nathans in our nation, in our country, in the church. People that, if they open their mouth to speak, ha, the whole country will start wondering, hey, what's happening? If they hear that, okay, tomorrow, because just by the way, I think we, you know, preachers, there are, there's, there are different ways we can run ministry. I think. Those who are prophetic unctions and all of that, they, should, they can also organize their own meetings once in a while. You know, so like maybe we meet here every, you know, every Tuesdays and Saturdays now. I teach. You have a strong prophetic unction. God may say, look, organize a program in so and so hall once every three months. It gets to a time. People are looking forward to it. Go and see what they say concerning Ezekiel. Men used to come to Ezekiel to come and say, what is the Lord saying again this time? Yeah. There are different ways to do ministry. That's one way. And I believe in this kind of country with the amount of population that the church constitutes we have reached that level. Believe me, things like Boko Haram, the country should be saying, eh-heh, they warned us. Don't know where I get my point. Yes. Country should be saying, eh the country should be saying, eh-heh. And they won't say it's military that they didn't do their work, they will say it is sin. You know, you know, 12 years ago, this man during the last prophetic conference he had in Enugu, he said that if we don't stop this and this, thus says the Lord. And they'll tell you, concerning the church, it was spoken. Concerning the nation, it was spoken. But God said, you know the problem I have? Give any of these prophets small influence. That's it. All the adulteresses. Now, when they talk about adulteress, now I'm not talking about physical human beings. These adulterous spirits, they latch onto the rich men, they hang around, they corrupt his prophetic anointing. Before he knows what's happening, he's prophesying for money. He doesn't realize it, too. Yeah. They won't come and say, prophesy for money. No. Be supporting, supporting. Supporting ministry. After a while, to preach against them is afraid. The light has gone down again. And that's the problem we have. Listen, in Nigeria today, you see, we are praying for the church. Pray that prayer seriously. We need it. Our faces in the televisions are, you know, it's, it's sad. It is sad. We are known mostly for raising money or teaching success principles. And that's why we are not raising money raisers. 
I've, I've abandoned all that gospel. Saying to preach the love of God. I preach Jesus as judge of the heavens and the earth. The judge of the living and the dead. If you don't like it, it's your problem. One day we were speaking on radio. One man said that, uh, he doesn't like people say that God was able to fire hellfire. I said, did I say it or the Bible said it? <laughs> I answered on radio. Hey, no, now you talk like this, I said you are condemning people. I said, no, no. I said, no, I didn't condemn them. The Bible said they are condemned already. Listen, they cut the line. Last time I was on radio, I told him, anybody wants to talk nonsense, please let them speak. I'm ready. I was waiting for somebody to ask me what right I had to say a prophet is false. I was waiting. But to my surprise, everybody said, God bless you, sir. God bless you. All those who are angry with me, they did not, they just left their phone. They didn't say anything. <laughs> they didn't say anything. No, no, this preaching gospel of sweet, 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 sweet is the reason why things are not the way they're supposed to be. People don't fear. How did man say that? Why should I see somebody say, hey, 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 tell people will go to hell? I said, me? When did I say that? I said, the Bible said it, not me. I said it again. Listen, the soul that sinned, it shall die. He said, isn't called the guy off? The Lord is good. I said, the Lord is good. I don't emphasize why sometimes God allows us to be tested. That's what I'm saying. He wants our voices to be strong. We are chosen in the furnace of affliction. He said, listen, and I said earlier, that it has a period of time. Every temptation, every affliction, every trial, the date was set. How long would it last before it began? And God said, all you need to do is just endure it for a season. Listen to me. It's not every time you run away because country is hard. No, no, no. You don't just jump up. Listen, Christians are forbidden from running up and down because of prosperity and material comfort. Your movement must be based on mission-mindedness. You must only look, what am I supposed to achieve? There are times you are comfortable in a place. And God says, the season here is what? It's over. Time to move to another place. People wonder, why are you leaving? You are doing so well here. Say, yes, I know. But we have to, and listen, there are different ways God speaks. The one that he will come to you by night happens once in a while. Dreams and visions, they happen once in a while, but not the frequent thing. Sometimes he just throws a new challenge to you. Say, look, I've established this place. Now move on. There's a new challenge. We need to take the gospel to another area. No, my brother, he called me, said that ah, he has a meeting in Togo. I said, this is good. I will brag on, we have meetings in Togo. We have meetings in Cameroon. We have meeting, meeting in Kenya. I'm, I'm going to talk to students, about 800 of them, in you know, a meeting in Kenya. I said, good. Good. Not bragging on there's a meeting I'm going to in America, I'm going to London, you know, you know, you know as if it's, you know, those days, they stop now. Every church that wants to show they have made progress opens a branch in London. They always go to three places, London, Los Angeles, and Houston. It's a sign of progress. Look, very few churches in Nigeria, these West African countries, fill the place now with gospel. No. You know why? The return won't be good. Listen to me. Please, I finished my message. I'm just talking. Honestly, where the problem, look, where the problem Nigeria has had, where the problem West Africa has had, we, we, we didn't preach the right gospel. More importantly, we didn't preach it with the right heart. We, we locked it to gain. And it ruined a lot of things. It ruined our credibility. Most importantly. I like one thing David Poston said. Don't compromise with the world. They may not like you, but they will respect you. That just don't compromise. They may not like you. It doesn't mean you'll be popular. But one thing is that they what? They will respect, they will respect you. Well, I have spoken enough. I think we can bow our heads to pray. Let's just bow that. Let's give the Lord thanks. Let's just give the Lord thanks. Simple. Say, Lord, help me to be faithful to the end. 
Simple prayer. Lord, help me to be faithful till the end. Say, Lord, help me to be faithful till the end. Lord, I know that the tribulation will last only 10 days. The strength for 10 days. That's what I ask for this evening. Say, thank you for liberating truth. I keep on saying that. Say, Lord, thank you for liberating truth. Thank you for liberating truth. Very important. Say, Lord, thank you for liberating truth. Thank you for you are liberating me with your truth. The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Thank you for teaching me again today. Thank you, Jesus, for counting me worthy to hear your word, to know you, to have my preconceptions removed. Say, Lord, I thank you. Say, Lord, make me a light to shine your truth unto many. Yes, and I'm giving an assignment like that today. Share the word with people. Don't be quiet. Don't be quiet. The time has come for you to stop being quiet. The time has come for you to stop being quiet. You have to desist from quietness, just being silent in the face of evil. Teach somebody the truth. He said, those that turn many to righteousness shall shine like light. How do you do that? Just teach them the truth. How do you do it? If you cannot talk, share a message with them. Give them a word. Give them a tract. No, just tell them something. Say, okay, go listen to this. But it's time to stop being quiet. It's time to stop being quiet. It's time to be a light. Be one that is shining the light of God, delivering people. If somebody in your office comes to tell you that uh, uh, they, I just found out that my wife is a witch. Tell the friend to be quiet. You, I know you. You are an adulterer. How can your wife be a witch? I know you. I know you. I know what you go. You go to campus to go and chase girls. Say, stop that. Your wife is not a witch. Give your life to Christ and repent of your sins and your trouble will leave you alone. That's not to be an evangelist. Pray this evening. Say, Lord, make me a light. Help me to shine light. Anoint me afresh. Give me power. Power to shine for you. Say, Lord, anoint me afresh. Give me power. Give me power. Lord, anoint me afresh. Pour your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. If you have never been filled with the spirit before, just ask the Lord. Say, Lord, fill me with the, with the spirit. It's powerful ministry. You cannot serve the Lord except you are filled with the spirit. It's not possible. He said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you shall be my witnesses. Say, Lord, my heart is open. My spirit is open. Pour that anointing upon me. That ability to function for you. Just say to him, say, Lord, I receive it right now. I receive it. I receive a new feeling. If you have felt before, say, Lord, I receive a new one. From now on, I go out shining, aggressively shining. Turning men into righteousness. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Father, I will give you thanks for today. Lord, I bless your people with your blessing again. And I declare that the Lord blesses you in the name of Jesus. The Lord will keep you in the name of Jesus Christ. He will make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. He will lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of Jesus. It is well with you as you go out. As you enter into your home, peace be upon that home in Jesus' name. As you travel between here and your house, go in a car, walk on the road, whatever it is, whatever mode of transportation, safety is your portion in the name of Jesus. A new week starts for tomorrow. It's a blessed week for you in Jesus' name. Peace in your home in the name of Jesus. Between husband and wife, I decree peace and unity in the name of Jesus. Every, you know, evil spirits, I know, I know them. I've seen them, I've married for a long time. Evil spirits like to sneak into homes. And what they do, they are master accusers. I silence their voices in your home in the name of Jesus. I speak to that evil spirit. Shut up in Jesus' name. Be rebuked in the name of Jesus. You have one duty as a husband. Just say, I love my wife as Christ loved. If you are married, just say after me. Say, men, women, don't say anything. Married men in the house, say, I love my wife wife as Christ loves the church. church. 
Say, this is the word of God to me. And I say, be confirmed in my life. Say it again. Say, I love my wife as Christ loves the church. Now say it like this again. Say, in the name of Jesus. Soul, hear me. I speak to my soul. Love your wife as Christ loves the church. That's how to rebuke the devil. Out of your home, Satan is rebuked in Jesus' name. Amen. The married woman in the house now say after me, say in the name of Jesus, I'm subject to my husband. I honor him. I respect him as unto the Lord in the name of Jesus Christ. Say, peace abides in my home. Say, that submitted spirit is my portion. Say, soul, I speak to you. Respect your husband. Be submissive to him. Love him. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now I declare to every home that spoke just now, peace in that house in the name of Jesus. Amen. I, please give me a minute. Let me tell you something. It is not true. You know, I tell people tend to love less with time. But it doesn't have to be the Christian thing. In a few months, I will have been married for 18 years. Respect me. I'm telling you, if you have not done anything close to that, greet me with two hands. <laughs> and if you are not, if you are not married, I tell you, use two hands and one leg. <laughs> <laughs> and believe me, I can assure you, okay? I, one day I told you, I said it on radio, on TV, one woman was surprised. I said, I love my wife. Now, that was about some years ago, almost eight years now. And I wasn't trying to impress anybody. I was just preaching my message. And when I'm preaching, I don't tell Lyso. Because you know what Lyso said? He said, my Lord will soon take me away. Said, so, don't lie any lie, lie there. Preach out something. If, if you want to lie, lie at home. Lie when you go to the beer parlor. So when I'm preaching, I don't, I don't lie. I was just preaching my preaching. Hmm? I was just preaching my preaching. And when I made that statement, I meant it. What am I saying to you? It is possible to love your wife better now than six years ago when you married her. It's a walking of the spirit. It's not of the flesh. It's a walking of the spirit. If you're married, put up your hands again. Single boys, leave your hands down. Ladies too, if you're married, just put up your hands. I, I just feel like blessing you today. Fresh oil in your marriage in the name of Jesus. Amen. Every separation between husband and wife is against the word of God. He said, when God joins together, no one should put asunder. So I say, that asunder is broken in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we break the asunder. You get my point? Amen. That force that's separating it, we weaken it now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Holy Ghost, join these ones back to their partners in the name of Jesus. Amen. To their spouses in the name of Jesus. Amen. With the bond of the spirit, the spirit of unity. Be bound together in the name of Jesus. Amen. And that union will be sweet. Amen. You know, you can obey God. Say, God, say, I cannot leave. Yes. But there's one which if God says leave, say, say, God, please reconsider and I don't want to go. Are you getting my point? Yes, that your desire, all right, will be for your husband in that, in that sweet way and that for your wife in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Nothing will put asunder. Ah, <sighs> It is well with your home. Amen. Your children are godly offspring. Amen. They are godly seeds. And they are being raised in righteousness. In the name of Jesus Christ. Your home will be an example of godliness. Listen, one sister once, she came, she stayed with us for some time. And she gave a testimony, just to the glory of God. One of our sisters. She said before then she had made up her mind she wasn't married. Because her father made sure she hated the concept of marriage. Then she lived with my wife and I for just about under three months. She said that was when she changed her mind. And realize that ah, marriage is actually a real thing. So this thing can be enjoyable. 
And she lived, I mean, you know, she knows why nobody living with you. So it's not pretending. She could see everything. She, we lived in the house for like three months together. That's when she told my wife one day that. That was when she changed her mind. Though. She's married now. What am I saying? For, put up your hand one more time. That will be your testimony in Jesus' name. Amen. People will see you, they'll be converted to righteousness. Amen. Husbands, your friends will see you and know how to love their wives. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. When I'm speaking to husbands, your friends will see you and they will learn how to love their wives. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Because of you, somebody will give his life to Christ. Amen. Yes, yes. They will observe how you treat your wife and they say, ah, this Christianity is real. And they will become born again. Amen. I say every wounded marriage is healed this evening in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let me give you another tip. It's not everything you talk about. You hear that communication, communicate. Don't bury things in your mind. Believe me, bury it. Oh, rubbish. I'm giving me psychology counsel. Just forgive and forget. And that thing you say yesterday, let's talk about it. Why do you have to talk about it? Learn to forgive. It's not everything they talk about. You know, everybody even says it. Husbands, listen, no. Say it's not everything your wife said that you pay attention to. It's in the Bible like that. He was talking about masters and uh, servants. He yeah. said, You're close. I know everything master talk when you pay attention. He said, Otherwise, you hear the man cursing you. Yeah. The ability to overlook, receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. The ability to forgive, receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen. The ability to love, even when you're offended, receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's well with you. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, surely we are passed out of death and we are passed into life. We are passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We are passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication and dominion in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Say that one more time. This is our season of multiplication and dominion in the name of Jesus. Please pause. This year you will multiply. Amen. You know Kingdom of Mysteries, oh boy, we don't, this year, no, it's more thing, no. That's your testimony too in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the business you do, you will increase your number of staff this year in Jesus' name. Amen. You will expand to new places in the name of Jesus. Amen. Your influence will increase in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, bless somebody on your left or your right. This is your season of multiplication and dominion. Bless another person. One more person, please. This is your season of multiplication. Say it to yourself. This is my season of multiplication and dominion. All right, cheer up, brethren.